Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome into the Fairways of Life show, folks. Pleasure to have your company. We learned late yesterday that Tiger Woods has undergone yet another surgery. On his Twitter account, earlier today, Tiger underwent a subtalar fusion procedure to address his post-traumatic arthritis from his previous talus fracture. It was performed by Dr. Martin O'Malley at HSS Sports Medicine Institute in New York City. He was determined... He has determined the surgery to be successful. Tiger is currently recovering and looks forward to beginning his rehabilitation. So that news coming out about Tiger Woods. Uh, in, in a search to understand this better, we took a couple of different tacks. One is we reached out to our Dr. Michael uh, Maloney, who is head of orthopedics up in Rochester. Uh, Dom, he's also a member of Oak Hill, by the way, where the PGA is taking place. Dom, I know you exchanged some text messages text messages with Dr. Mike uh, and that he is unable to join us until Monday or Tuesday because of his travel schedule to give us his take and details. What, however, can we, uh, can we pull from your conversations with him? What'd you learn? So yes, he is on a, he's literally on an airplane right now, unfortunately, so he couldn't join us, but he will be joining us absolutely first thing in the morning, 8 a.m. on Monday to explain this in detail. And he, I, what it came down to is I, I sent him a note and I said, listen, it's a bummer you can't come on. But what I think everybody wants to know is, like, does this, does this mean he can't walk anymore? Like, how serious is this? And he said, this is a direct quote from Dr. Michael Maloney. Oh, yes, he'll be able to walk. The goal of the subtalar fusion is to reduce the pain from arthritic joints in the foot. It may be difficult for him walking on uneven ground, but it will be pain-free, likely pain-free, walking on flat surfaces, end quote. So that's I would I would say I would say that's good news coming from the doctor. We'll obviously get more from him on Monday. All right. So uh, Dr. Bill Mallon is an interesting source. Uh, I found him through following our, our friend John McGinnis on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Bill played on the PGA Tour from 1975 to 1979. Uh, he has a series of tweets. They're long to go through all of them, but I think it's incredibly revealing and want to share them with you on this Thursday. So. Dr. Mallon writes, okay, so Tiger Woods had his subtilar fusion to his right foot today to alleviate the pain from the arthritis that developed after his car crash in January 2021. Uh, what exactly is that? Why did he have it done? And what can be expected from it? Just to step away from a second, as you guys know, that the crash was, was the next month. Uh, Bill writes, first of all, the release specifically said it was a subtilar fusion. That is not... An ankle fusion, as I saw reported by Reuters, they are different surgeries. What is a fusion? A fusion is where you take two adjacent bones that form a joint between them and fuse them together to form one larger bone, and the joint goes away in the process. It is done to alleviate pain, usually, although it can be done for instability. A subtalar fusion is a fusion of the talus and the calcaneus, calcaneus, is that how I say that, Dom? Do you have any idea? Did you guys look into this, the bone names? 
Yeah, I mean, you can see there's a, if you're watching on television, you can see sort of a map of the foot there, the bones and the tendons and whatnot. I do not know how to say these words. That's why we have doctors who come on and explain this stuff. All right, for no us. worries. You can let, see let me in pick the up there again. Right on the screen, what that is. Okay, you can see it in, in the right scene. See, it's that big bone right there. It looks like the heel bone to me. A subtalar fusion is a fusion of the talus and the calcaneus bone in the hind foot. The talus is the bone that articulates equals forms a joint with the ankle bones and the tibia and the fibula. The calcaneus is the heel bone which lies under the talus. Thus, subtalar equals below talus. When Tiger broke his talus, my long Twitter thread said it was his biggest long-term risk developing arthritis around the talus. The reason is that the talus has a tenuous blood supply, and when you fracture it, you can disrupt the blood supply to the talus. Without blood supply to the bone, the bone will die, a condition called a vascular necrosis, or AVN. Uh, This will lead to arthritis 100% of the time. Where the arthritis is depends on the exact autonomy of the fracture. So a subtalar fusion fuses the talus to the calcaneus, technically also called the talocanceal joint. I have no idea if I said that correctly, but it's usually called the subtalar joint. This will eliminate motion to the former joint, but also it will no longer be painful almost uniformly. The surgery is done by denuding the joint surfaces of their cartilage, roughening up the bone ends, adding bone graft, and then stabilizing the fusion, usually with screws or sometimes a plate in screws. With a subtalar joint fusion, Tiger will no longer have any motion at that joint after it heals, but in return, he will have pain relief. It will limit his motion in his foot and ankle, but fortunately, this is his right foot. If it was his left foot, it would likely be a career-ending surgery. There are other larger fusions that can be done around the talus. An ankle fusion, a triple arthrodysis fusion, fuses three joints around the talus, and a pantalar arthrodysis, which combines an ankle fusion with a triple arthrodysis and severely limits motion as a result. Tiger will be in either a cast, a splint, or a boot for a period of time. It's at the surgeon's discretion. He will likely get around using a rolling stroller in which you rest your knee on a padded surface, bend your knee, and that leg will roll along. It usually takes six weeks to three months for the fusion to take effect. Tiger will have limited weight bearing during that time, which, again, will be at the surgeon's discretion and also depends on how the fusion is healing. The status of the fusion will be determined by serial x-rays or, if needed, a CT scan. CT scans are better to visualize visualize bones than MRIs, which are better at looking at soft tissue. Can he play golf again? Yes, but that's at least six months to a year in the future. His tournaments for 2023 are likely over. 
And I would not be surprised to see him play again until around August of 2024. Can he play golf well again? It depends on your definition of well. He'll never be the same Tiger as in 2000 or in 2015. The fact that this is his right foot and ankle is the saving grace as you need motion on your left foot ankle as you will roll over to it at impact. That was Dr. Bill Mallon that provided us uh, with all of that. You can find him on Twitter. Again, he played on the PGA Tour between 1975 and 1979, went back to Duke and finished up his medical degree. Uh, I think that provided us a tremendous amount of, of insight. Uh, Dom, with that, because we haven't had a chance to speak with our Dr. Michael Maloney in detail yet, I thought Dr. Mallon's description was telling. Uh, the fact that he is suspecting a Tiger will not play until August of 2024, uh, that he's looking upwards to a year before he's he's at a point where you can even start to think about what he's going to do outside just the healing process itself. I mean, that's incredibly telling, and this is a Tiger that's already in his late 40s. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, simply put, it's a bummer, right? I mean, this this is a, a continued trend for Tiger as Not he tries to recover from the injuries from the crash. Can't hear me. You can't hear me? Not, well, getting, I'm not getting it back this way. All right, so that's uh, stop. Dom, sorry about that. We'll we'll circle back around you because we weren't getting you here in the in the studio for me. Uh, so, Doctor Bill Mallon, with that information, uh, fascinating, a bit frightening. Uh, and, and the need to do something of this level to actually fuse the bone, which tells me that the way that I interpret that is that if your ankle normally works like this, Tiger's is going to be like that, and that's just it. It's just going to be right where it is, and it's it's not going to move because of that fusion in that in that area. So uh, we'll see what our doctor, Dr. Michael Baloney, has to say to add to this. I would say this, and I, I and see if you guys find this of interest. Dr. Michael is going to be on with us because, he, and you know he was on right after the accident. He was on the, the, within 24 hours after Tiger's accident. And it's, it's amazing and almost chilling to hear the reports that he gave to us and how accurate he was of the same. And if I can find the clip of, of Dr. Michael Maloney, I'm going to play that for you because it was, it was absolutely fascinating. But what I would like to offer to you guys, if you wish, is... When Dr. Maloney joins us, if you want to send in specific questions, we will try to ask Dr. Maloney some of your questions. All right, so you guys know how to do it. Follow us, uh, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Fairways of Life on YouTube, and you can see where you can actually type in while we're on the air whatever your questions are and whatever your observations are. Uh, Dom, are you back with us? I don't think I ever left. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're you're here now. We I, we've got you back again. So uh, to that point of the people, what are we hearing from folks right now regarding uh, Tiger Woods? What's coming in? Um, you know, people are commenting because the question of the day immediately when I always started the show is, will Tiger Woods hit another shot on the PGA Tour? Yes or no? Plain and simple. Right now, the answer is that again, it's very early, but you can go to YouTube and vote right now. Fifty-seven percent are saying no; he'll never hit another shot on the PGA Tour. Um, some people are saying things like he can still play simulator golf, <laughs> which is interesting considering yeah. that they, we talked about that golf league. They just launched yesterday, Matt, the, you know, under the tomorrow sports emblem stuff. So, you know, I, I think there's some people commenting on the accident and, um, 
you know, there's some speculation about, you know, thing, you know, covering up what actually happened, things of that nature. I think that I got some people commenting on what Golf Channel is talking about. <laughs> I think that it's a bummer that Tiger's continuing to struggle with recovering from this accident and, and the damage that it did to his body. I just think that the golf world, this is going to sound bad. And nobody wants to hear this because the ratings are tied. Tiger is the needle, as they say. But we just need to move on, Matt. Like, we all just need to move on. There's some incredible golf being played. There are some incredible young golfers. The best players in the world right now are practically all under 30. And they're all chasing history every week. I think it's great that Tiger can still hit a golf ball, or did up until this, this surgery, and I think we should celebrate him when he's playing. But, like, man, like, we need to move on, man. This is like Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Like, okay, stop, stop. Stop playing, Tiger. Like, he has nothing left to prove to anybody, except, I guess, maybe himself. But he can just hang out at the events. If he can show up at a couple of events, shake hands with the other players, walk the range, do a clinic, and get out of there. He does not need to do this. Well, the only thing I could tell you, Don, with the game of golf is that, with notable exceptions of Payne Stewart, Seve Ballesteros, We've always had what I think is the pleasure of watching our golf heroes kind of stroll off into the sunset. Now, yeah, that is, that is sometimes defined as going to play on the PGA Tour champions, which I still hope that Tiger is going to be capable of doing. Uh, from the information that we're getting right now, it sounds like he's going to be able to, to do that. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of healing that has to go on in the, in the, the months plus that lie in front of us with Tiger Woods. Uh, but when Tiger Woods shows up at a tour event, whether it's a major championship or the Genesis or what have you, um, I think it's exciting to see Tiger Woods out there. And I, and I do think that there's, there's a history element of, of seeing him hit a shot. I do not think that Tiger Woods, based on his past comments, is interested in a ceremonial role, however, where he shows up and, you know, he's in the field play shots and, and waves to the faithful. I think what, what it was with Tiger Woods, and we saw it uh, in, in multiple times, although we, we haven't seen it yet over duration in his current form, where Tiger is capable of hitting very, very good shots. Tiger is capable of, now granted, this is pre, pre-surgery yesterday. Tiger is capable of hitting drives that are out there with and sometimes beyond those he's playing with, including Rory McIlroy. So, if Tiger is capable of hitting those shots, I think his philosophy, not to speak for Tiger, but just speculating, is uh, I may not be able to do it all the time, but maybe I can do it one time and find that magic again. So the fact that Tiger is still capable or was of hitting those shots, I don't have a problem that he showed up, and I do think that it was exciting that he was there. So I'm, I'm not quite with you from the standpoint of, time to move on. I understand the practicality of, of that kind of statement to say, look, golf's got to learn to live without Tiger Woods, but I think golf is learning to live without Tiger Woods. I mean, the right, right down to the, the ratings for this last Masters uh, were the highest they were since 2018. 
Now, you could hear that and go, wait a minute, how can you possibly tell me that the ratings were higher than they were when Tiger won in 2019? It was because of the offset of the tee times due to weather when Tiger did in, in 2019. It just wasn't, weren't able to, to capture the same average audience across the board. They did peak more. Uh, so from that standpoint, I hope that this helps Tiger to heal. Uh, I am very, very suspect of what this means. Remember, he has a leg with that went through massive trauma. And my fear is, is what we've seen and what I've been told in talking to multiple players that have gone through delicate surgeries is that what's, what's the old saying the kids say? The ankle bone's connected to the blah, blah, right? is that when you have an issue in one part of your body, it promotes an issue in another part of your body, meaning that if, in fact, the ankle, that joint is fused, and this is one of the questions, this is why I'm saying to you guys, if you have questions for Dr. Michael Maloney, I'd like to know what they are, because here's one of mine. If that ankle is fused, and if, in essence, it's, it's formed... If I'm correct in my assumption of all this news we got this morning, that it essentially forms a hardened L instead of being a flap off the leg bones, it's an L. If that's the case, then what's that going to do above the surgery point? What's that going to do with the parts of Tiger's leg that he told us he near, they almost lost that right leg? Dr. Michael Maloney told us through the reports that we had immediately afterwards that when Tiger's bones broke, they ripped through the tissue in the skin. The doctor told us that they have anywhere from one to three hours max to treat the trauma of that area, or they lose the limb because of the bacteria, because of the blood flow, etc. So Tiger has been talking to us consistently about what he needs to do with that leg, and you always see him wearing the compression sleeve. I don't know if that's just to hide the the trauma of where the uh, severity of it was, or whether that helps him with his circulation. Again, some of you that that use and wear the same could could comment on that to us if you'd please but i'm assuming that that helps him with circulation as well so what happens above the point of this new surgery and what kind of strain is that going to put on these already weakened areas that as i understand are already being shored up with screws and maybe plates in that area i'm not sure how do we know what are you hearing dom Oh, some more comments coming in. Um, the game of golf has moved on from Tiger. All golf champions have to retire. Tiger will never do the honorary starter deal. Never. Right. I do. Uh, uh, there's a couple more I want to read, but I, I will say this to that point and to what you said. I don't think I agree with you. I think that if Tiger is capable of shooting 67, right, I, I'm not so sure, especially with what's, what we've seen, and who, know what it, who knows what it's going to be when he heals from this. But I think making cuts in a tour event are unlikely, sort of, moving forward. So, 
Yeah, let but, me ask I mean, you a question. It's hard to say that, though. He like... just did it in his last event, right? Where, where yeah, presumably he was you, dealing with far I don't think more the trauma and pain because it was where the arthritis is. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good example, though. But it, But theoretically, let me ask you a question, hypothetically. If Tiger shows up, if Tiger could walk enough to hit golf balls, if Tiger shows up and shoots 67, 76 and misses cuts, if that's what he is now, you're saying that you would prefer he shows up and does that and shakes hands and kisses babies and walks around and does that and misses the cut. My argument would be Tiger will not do that. He won't let himself do that if that's where he is. Do you agree with that? I agree with your presumption that if Tiger thought that he was going to show up and miss the cut, that he wouldn't show up. I agree with that. What I don't agree with is that Tiger shows up with the presumption that the best that he can do is struggle to make the cut. I think I said it before this Masters. A reasonable expectation for Tiger Woods in a best case is that he makes the cut. And that's exactly what he did, right on the number. Uh, the, the normal formula that we get with Tiger Woods is that Tiger Woods comes in. He looks the media in the eye, and they say, Tiger, what are you here for? What, what's your expectations? He says, well, I'm here to win. Every time I tee it up, I'm here to win. That's what I'm here for. And they go, but Tiger, you haven't played. I'm paraphrasing all this. But Tiger, you haven't played. How are you going to be ready, game ready, to hit the shots that you need to hit when you got to hit them? And Tiger says, well, i got a pretty good practice facility, you know, behind my house, and, and I've spent a lot of time in the course, and, you know, I know this golf course, and I, I, I'm – hitting a variety of different shots that I, I know that I'm going to need to play. So I feel like, you know, I can be ready. And afterwards, if Tiger doesn't perform to that standard, he tends to look the media in the eye and go, well, what do you expect? I haven't played months. The only place hit shot was in my, my backyard and at the low club. So from that standpoint, many times, and, and you mentioned Michael Jordan before, Michael Jordan used to do the same thing. Tiger would come in and say, you know, a lot of you guys are thinking that I can't do it, but he'll set up his own, uh, call it a fence, if you will. He'll set up his own offense that he channels to fight against, and it's a very powerful motivation, right? So based on what we've seen of the Tiger Woods pre-surgery, that Tiger Woods could fight his way through making cuts, and I think that if Tiger Woods has the ability to play and make a cut, then Tiger Woods, in my mind, has every right to be there. I'm not saying that it's time to put Tiger out to pasture. I'm saying it's time for the tour to be prepared that Tiger is out to pasture. But for a player, and that's what's, what I'm telling you is beautiful about the game of golf, uh, Arnold Palmer didn't say goodbye in, to the Open into the year 2000. That was his grand fare, farewell tour. Jack Nicholas didn't say goodbye to the Open at St. Andrews in 2005. Right? When Tiger charged across that Swilkin Bridge when I was about 20 feet away from with, with this phone taking my photos as quickly as I possibly could, it was pr pretty clear to me that that was a Tiger Woods that wasn't ready to concede yet. He wasn't giving in. That was a Tiger that said, I can still play this game. So, for my part, I'm, I'm not going to join any, any growing chorus of people saying, no, Tiger is done. He should be done. He should step aside. His time has come and gone. His, the peak of his time is behind him. I, I, I'm, not, I'm a realist with that. I realize that. 
But if Tiger is capable of playing on the other side of this to the standard that he had before this surgery, then Tiger doesn't need to put himself out the pasture yet. There is the possibility that he can make cuts and he can factor, and and we're going to have the pleasure and the honor of watching one of the greatest, if not of all time, hit a golf ball again and hit it with, with competency. So if if we disagree with that, Dom, I, I respect your opinion on it. But Well, it's, it's not uh, so much that we disagree. It's more that I have always felt that the – Tiger is obviously in a different echelon of, of athletes in the history of humans. And the echelon that he's in, almost to a T, none of those people know when to call it quits. They all push past where they should have stopped. All of them. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Roger Muhammad Federer. Muhammad Ali, they're all, they just all did. Like, yeah, I, I understand. Oh, I can do it. They're, oh, I can do it. I can do, I'm the best ever. I got I, you know, I'm going to figure it out. And so they, they're. It's almost like their own ego can't let them just be like, dude, listen, you're. That's you very are the typical best in ever, sports. Just, that's it's, it's it's also typical yeah. in business. It's typical in a lot of different fields where when you yeah. are the top performer, and you start to lose your fastball, you're you either are the last to see it or you make adjustments around it. Uh, in in this case with Tiger Woods, he is he was so exceptionally good. And I say so as if it's a past tense because of the surgery yesterday. We don't know what we're talking about on the other side of this. The presumption is that he's going to come back and be able to do things. Uh, That he was so exceptionally good that he was above the norm considerably. And as a result, he still has the ability to do things that are beyond the norm, even for his age and even for the the mileage that's on his body. Yeah, we shall see. But But here's some more stuff coming in. Um, at this year's Masters, Tiger actually told us when he will call it quits. When I know I cannot win, I will retire from competitive golf. I yeah. don't believe that. That's what we're talking about. I don't think he will do that. Yeah, but I don't again, think he'll ever think he can't win. Right, it's the thing. That's that's what you're getting at. <laughs> that that's why I just went through that whole that whole piece. He'll always be like, "Well, it's the Masters. I can play with. I can play with no legs around here. I'll be fine. I'll figure it out." Uh, capture lightning <laughs> in a bottle. The difference is, yeah. Like coming into this Masters where you had people like us going, if he makes the cut, that's a big accomplishment. He made the cut. Yeah. Well, what did we get as fans as, as a result of that? We got to see Tiger play two rounds of golf. Now it was abridged and it, with the weather was horrible and all the rest. Fate kind of conspired against him. I get it, but it conspired against a lot. But we still got to see Tiger play. And he played well enough to make the cut. The difference is, is you're not going to have a Tiger Woods sit in front of the media and have them go, Tiger, uh, tell me what your expectations are, reasonable expectations for the week. And Tiger go, "Um, I'm just hoping to make the cut. That's not Tiger. Tiger's just like that person wrote to you. Tiger's going to say, I'm here because I think I can win. And when that diminishes. I don't know if it's talking or what, but it's changed. Now it's yes. They do think he'll play on the tour. 57% the other way. Oh, yeah, Tiger will play again. I'll hit another shot on the tour. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you if – you, another way to phrase that question would be, do you think Tiger intends to? And I'd say it'd be 100%. Well, yeah, of course it's yes. But I think that, I'm looking forward morning, to asking Dr. Sure what... Michael Maloney on Monday a lot of these questions because he knows all about this surgery, and he'll be able to answer our questions about – like more technical, realistic questions and goals. What is recovery? Will he be able to push off of that foot at all? 
or at 20%, at 50%, at 0%? Those are the questions that I, I, you know, I think we'd love to have people write in and ask, but these are questions that he can answer. And like we talked about earlier, he was pretty much dead on 10, 10 minutes after the accident. He told us what happened. He, he was that, but I, I, I don't think that the issue, based upon what we've heard from two doctors now, I don't think the issue is the performance of the, that right foot and ankle in the execution of a golf shot. The thing that did in Tiger cause this surgery was walking. And that's my big question that I have with the doctor is technically, I hope he has one of those ankle skeletons to show us the foot's going to be like this or whatever the angle is. Andrew, put the picture up of some of the feet. We have some surgery pictures or something, just x-rays of other surgeries, similar of nature. So and then saying, the question, Andrew, go to yeah, that's fine. Okay, so you're saying so where the those bottom screws one, are, yeah, the the bottom one where you can see the screws have put in there, right? And they and the flat out Dr. Bill Mallon told us that that this is done, this fusion is done through screws and sometimes plates. If that is the case, and that is not going to move, if it's going to be on that angle, you know, like. Tiger was. We kept hearing that it was plantar fasciitis, and and I would I, maybe maybe we were told that because that was the simplest way, and maybe that's what the pain that he thought he was feeling. I don't know the answers to all these things. Yeah, I'm looking right? forward to exploring it with with the doctor on Monday, Matt, because he he'll he'll have real answers for us. Okay. So we're gonna, we'll have more information on that. You guys can keep your keep your comments uh, rolling in, and I will try to continue to, to kick it back to Dom so we can hear from you guys as well. I love hearing from you guys and hearing what your opinions are. Uh, please make sure you, you tell your friends as well to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Fairways of Life on YouTube. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button, and you are part of the conversation because we definitely want to hear what you guys have to play as well. The... PGA Tour Superstore is the presenting sponsor of the Fairways of Life show. The PGA Tour Superstore is your happy place. It's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. All right, when you get a chance, check them out at PGATourSuperstore.com and find out why they are the number one golf retailer in all of America. Uh, When we come back, we're going to tackle another light subject that's easy to talk about. Slow play. It was directly addressed by multiple players, uh, Patrick Cantlay being amongst them that weighed in and said, look, I wasn't out of position. You guys are out of position. Back with more. Easy now. Find your happy place. place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes! (laughs) Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses. All set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. 
Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration-absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Baseball? Nah. Football? Done it. I think I'm going to go after the PGA Tour. Bo, you're going to need the right equipment company. I think I got that. You know Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand-built in the USA. I know. You know Tour Edge has won 35 times out here. Guys, I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one. Gives you feedback in real time. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. You can go out there on your own and just hit balls and it'll fix your golf game. Transition on plane. The Wiz, sold exclusively at thewizgolf.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life Show. Pleasure to have you company, folks. So a number of players spoke uh, in advance of this week's event, and I'm going to have air times for Zurich. I'm going to have air times for the Chevron Championship. I'll have air times for Liv. I'll, have, I'll, I'll give them to you all in, in, in a little bit here. But I wanted you to hear this sound from Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, where Patrick was asked, how much have you talked with other players about your pace of play? Uh, he was asked, do you feel that you are a slow player? And then both of them were asked to comment on Matt Fitzpatrick's comments yesterday where he said the pace of play on the PGA Tour is appalling. And Xander was the first to respond of whether they do or do not agree. I mean, I think that's the, the Tour's job to sort of take a, a stance there. Um, you know, they... All the things that have happened uh, as of late have all have all been in, within the guidelines of, of the tour and, and what's supposed to happen. You know, no one's been penalized for slow play or anything of that nature. So we're all operating within the framework of, of what the tour gives us. And you know, if enough people complain or if enough tour pros complain, and I think it's something the tour needs to address to, to either make it faster or change the time par. But you know, without any context, it gets tricky because. Uh, when you set up golf courses with stint 13 or 14 greens, uh, tees in, in interesting positions and, and pins in tough spots, it's just going to take longer. You know, we're not playing like the local muni. Um, that sort of the average Joe sort of compares our, our time par to. We're playing for a couple million, a couple, you know, 3.6 million dollars. And um, if you're going to spend an extra minute to make sure you put yourself in the right spot, we're going to do it. 
that's just the nature of our game and in, in our sport. Um, I mean, like I said, being on the, the pack's been interesting because the times that it's taken to play rounds has been pretty much the same for the last 10 or even longer years. And so um, trying to speed it up, um, you know, I'd be curious to know how they'd, they'd want to do that. I mean, I'd be, you know, I've played the last two tournaments and my group hasn't been warned at all. So we've been in position the entire time. Um, so I don't know how you would want even the groups that I've been in to play faster when our groups are in position and can't go faster because the group in front of us is right in front of us. Yeah, I'm definitely slower than average, have been um, my whole career, and I definitely take my time. And when I hit my ball on a bulkhead, I'm definitely going to take my time to make sure I make the right decision and try and get the ball uh, back into the right spot. Uh, I haven't had anybody come up to me um, or talk to me, but I'd be perfectly happy to talk to them about it. Interesting comments uh, coming from Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, uh, particularly the quote from Patrick Cantlay where he says, my group hasn't been warned at all. Uh, we've been in position. End quote. I, I'm not quite sure if we've been in position directly equates with uh, – the fact that you haven't been warned means you're in position. I'm not sure that that it's it's a, if A equals B, B equals C, and C equals A. I'm not I'm not 100 certain on that. Uh, I I think that a couple of things is that the we're hearing from players, and you heard kind of Xander make make the comment that this isn't the local muni, and that's that's a a way of a tour player kind of hitting back at criticism coming from as he called it average Joes complaining about pace of play and the PGA tour, because there is, there is an element of mentality amongst tour players. And in many cases, rightfully so, where they say, wait a minute, you're, you're not playing the game that we play. Uh, it, you're not, you're not on the level that we're on. It's like a guy at home criticizing the way an NFL game is played or something, right? That's where they, they view it. And that's, that was that kind of a little bit of a shot there that I think he was taking to say, you know, stay in your lane and don't criticize the best players in the world. The difference is, is that when you have an event of the stature of the Masters and we're seeing long form shots of players in preparation, et cetera, et cetera, to execute a shot, and it takes an exceedingly long time. There's an eye test there. And that's that's where the issue is. My issue is, is that. In having all of these conversations, you know, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, blah, blah, blah. I'm not suggesting that anybody is wrong. What I would like to know, though, is where is the hard data? Now, maybe that's naive as hell to ask for because that would give the information that would say, okay, tours, you are not taking action. We've got the data right here in front of us. So, from that standpoint, uh, when we talk about even Patrick Cantlay, uh, is Patrick slow? He told us he is. There's, there's nothing more that needs to be discussed about that. He flat out told us he is. Okay, how much? What impact? That's the piece of this whole puzzle where... There is this simmering rage from people that's saying, look, I'm a fan of the game of golf. 
I enjoy watching it on television. If you want to keep me as a fan watching golf on television, and we know everyone desperately does, then you guys got to do something with the pace of play because it's too slow. There's too much dead time in between. When it came to the Masters, maybe you could have showed us more shots from Phil Mickelson instead of us hanging on a leader that just starts to frustrate your audience. That's the connection. That's the place where the people at home, the fans, have a voice. It's not simply the average Joes trying to tell tour players how they should play. It's the fan at home saying, what you're trying to sell me is not connecting with me the way it used to because it is too slow. Look at what baseball did with the shot clock, with the pitch clock. It's working. Right? You could say, uh, well, we live in a society where everything is so fast. Does it have to be so fast? No, it doesn't. There is, there is a serenity. There is a beauty to the pace that is golf, except when the pace is out of pace with everybody else. And that brings me to that final point where I wish we had real data. And if you guys listen to me out there, have it. Share it. I wish we had real data. And I wish there was courage in the game as they say, to name and shame. Who are they? We all pretty much know. But provide the data that says these players are playing too slow. As far as the... I, every time a tour player is going to talk about this, they're going to tell you for how much money they're playing for. I get that. I understand that. To a certain extent, I even respect that. However, when a player's pace, even given those considerations is slower than other players in the same position in the field, meaning that they're one of the leaders, then you're still slow, regardless of the consequences of what you're playing for. And another thing that people connect with, because they understand it, is that when a player is slow, there's an element of what I'm doing is more important to me than how it's going to impact you. And that comes down to one of the basic fundamental cornerstones of the game of golf, which is courtesy for the people that you play around. Uh, now there's plenty of areas that we can attack in terms of uh, an erosion of courtesy. Uh, the easiest one for me, which is my pet peeve, is, is the way that people treat bunkers. Uh, time and again, I see footprints over the rake into a bunker that is that there's no zero effort has been made to put the bunker back into the status that it was. And if you're playing in a tournament and you end up in somebody's heel print, there's nothing you can do about that in that bunker. As atrocious as that sounds, there's there's nothing you can do. Uh, that to me is a courtesy that blows me away that that people are incapable of. It's such a simple thing to do when when there's rakes available so anyway it's 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 not an easy answer with with what's happening with this pace of play uh it it gets way more complicated and and interesting frankly when you have a player that flat out says yeah yeah i'm slower than the average what okay it comes down to 
do the the people in charge, be it a major championship, be it a, a regulatory event, et cetera, is there a real interest in impacting pace of play? And how does that, again, from, from a fan's perspective, what's the connection and why? And that's what I was just illustrating to you. I think it, it's, it becomes a frustration point for fans. They're saying, you're, you're packaging a product here. You want me to consume this product. You need me to consume this product. And yet you're not doing anything about one of the areas that's starting to drive more and more people crazy. Right or wrong? So a couple of the old-timers in the, in the field this week, and Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker also uh, addressed the media. Uh, Steve was asked last, if it seems like last few years in the Champs Tour, you've gotten a lot of uh, perspective about life and golf. Remember, he's gone through his sicknesses, et cetera. Uh, Zach was asked if he's made a decision on whether live players will be allowed to play in the Ryder Cup, and he was asked, uh, what do you feel about being in this partnership with Steve Stricker? Well, I mean... Steve said it. Our, our games are pretty similar, and in, in, in the just from a facet of if we're going to play successful golf, it's pretty boring golf. And when you have somebody by your side that understands that and kind of sees it from that lens, I think it can be a distinct asset. Um, what it lends itself to specifically is we need to hit fairways. We need to hit keep we keep the golf course in front of us. It's probably the best way to put it. We uh, we understand that. Fairways are important, greens and regulation are important, and then we take advantage of the holes that um, get a little bit of loft in our hands typically, uh, and that's that's boded, that's bode well. For, that's how we've made a living. So um, this golf course, you know, if it can get bouncy, well, then it obviously narrows up and it probably helps us a little bit. But uh, given the forecast and we are in the bayou, getting very bouncy is probably not uh, – realistic that being said solid quality shots down the fairway still pay off and so we're going to rely heavily on our short game we're going to rely heavily on the things that we just we thrived thrive on thrived in our bag and uh i i, I think um we read green similar so i think we're 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 going to be good we're going to be fine personally no no decisions have been made um there's still too much time and a lot of time involved in that regard and um, so many fluid factors involved. So as far as personally making decisions, no. Um, I will add that when it comes to that notion, um, there's, a, there's numerous factors, like I mentioned. Uh, but I'm going to rely heavily on, actually, looking back at my previous cups that I've uh, been a vice captain, I'm going to rely heavily on the guys that actually make the team because it's their team. So... I don't know who those six are going to be, um, obviously. But uh, their ownership and their opinions will weigh heavily into what I, what we decide to do. Yeah. Um, you know, after the Ryder Cup, you know, you go from this, um, uh, this high, right, of being a part of that team. And then, you know, two months later, I'm in the hospital kind of fighting for – uh, I don't know. I don't want to say my life, but fighting for something. I, I, I didn't know what was going on, to be quite honest with you. Um, so yeah, you gain uh, you gain this uh, perspective and this uh, respect for what you're doing uh, on a on a weekly basis. So 
coming out last year, you know, I, I was in a, a very good mindset, um, you know, felt fortunate to be playing the game again. Um, you know, I went through a period of, you know, probably five or six months of just trying to get back. Uh, and I still, I feel great. I still haven't put on my weight or, you know, my muscle probably as much as I, as I want to, but, um, yeah, you just gain that perspective from being in a spot where I was. So, uh, and then, you know, to be out here playing with Zach, like you said, a, a buddy of mine and, and, you know, teammates and captains together and, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, you feel fortunate and lucky, you know, we're playing on the PGA tour. He's playing every week out here, but for me, it's, it's been a few years for me to be out on the tour. So, uh, very grateful uh, to be here, to be playing with Zach, and to be playing here in New Orleans, for sure. Interesting comments from Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker, respectively, the immediate past and current Ryder Cup captains, particularly when Zach was saying, well, no definitive decisions have been made. Because if memory serves me, I believe that Brooks, after the Masters, is 16th on the Ryder Cup list, and I believe uh, Phil is 20th. Does that sound... What do you got, Dom? Brooks Kepka is 17th on the standings right now, and Phil Mickelson is 22nd. Current. Okay, so Phil slid from since uh, because of last week, and then and then Brooks lost a spot uh, since the Masters. Very very interesting perspectives on that. Uh, now this event, another distinctive thing to the to the whole conversation that's going on right now, is that this event this week is not a designated event. Right. And when you've had so many designated events. Through this stretch, at one point it was nine of 11. Then you're not going to have as deep a field. So. But one of the groups that really I really like, I do like Billy Horschel and Sam Burns. I just like both of the guys. I like their games. I think it's I think it's a cool combination. Billy Horschel was asked uh, about the future of designated versus non-designated events. I've talked about this in the past, and and I've talked to the tour um, for many years about this. We have an unbelievable product on the PJ Tour, but I felt like our product going forward you know, needed to evolve, needed to change a little bit. I didn't know what that involvement was. I mean, I had some thoughts, but, you know, when you look at what sponsors are paying and before the designated events got talked about, let's just go back three years. Listen, the number was going to keep increasing as the years went by, as the decades went by. And there was at some point in time where that number that sponsors were paying, they weren't going to get their rate of return. They weren't going to get their investment back out of it. And, you know, when you're going ahead and paying $12 million one year and then five years later it's going to be $19 million, what are you getting five for $5 million more? What else are you getting, um, you, you know, for that value? And so I've obviously the tour wasn't like I brought anything to the tour that they didn't know, but I was sort of trying to, in my own um, understanding, what the tour's idea was and, and the product was. And, you know, we've made some changes because of live. There's no doubt. You have to admit that, you know, some of the things we've done and, and counter is, is because of, you know, the effect of live. Um, but I think it was at some point over the course of the history of the PJ Tour, I think the top players would have gotten together at some point to say, hey, this we need to change some things up out here. Um, and so 
Now we're in a designated and non-designated tournaments. I think uh, the non-designated events are going to, you know, hold their own. Um, I think this one's a great example. This one's a great field. Uh, you've got players always wanting to play together. Uh, it's, it's it's unique, um, and so how this is all going to play out, you know, it's sort of still a wait and see game. And is it going to be successful? You know, once again, it's a wait and see game. It's going to be, you know, two, three, four years of. of you know, of us doing this to see if it was the best thing for the PJ Tour and the product going forward. Um, but I think, you know, for the guys coming up and for anybody on the PJ Tour and, and, and the Corn Fair guys, anyone trying to have aspirations to make it to the PJ Tour, the great thing is if you play really well, you're going to get financially rewarded. And you're going to be beating and competing against the best players in the world on somewhat of a more regular basis so um sort of in a financial sense you if you play well you're going to get rewarded which is the way it's always been out here but now it's even more to an nth degree um and and i think it's an exciting time on the pj tour uh in my own you know in my eyes interesting comments from from billy horschel if if billy were on the show with us right now the follow-up question that i would want to know to what he just said is okay when you took us down the scenario of a sponsor paying, say, $12 million, and then they have to kick in an additional $5 million, say, his, his numbers he was using for a designated event to bring him up to $19 million. What is the sponsor getting? And I would, I would presume that the answer to that question would be, well, they're getting the biggest names in the world, and they know they're going to have them all four rounds. Okay, and again, what does that get you? Well, the presumption would be that when the stars are there, people have a greater interest, thus the ratings are going to be higher. Now, it's going to have some turnstile impact, too. Don't get me wrong. But the ratings are going to be higher, which brings me back to that central comment that I made earlier, which said why any of these conversations matter is because the fans matter. If you have more eyeballs, more impressions, you're getting back the value that you're paying in. I'm sure there's more layers to it to this, but that would seem to me to be the to be the, the secondary answer, right? Now, to the issue of what the fans think, and if there is in fact, as I sense, this this festering frustration with the pace of play. Billy Horschel was asked about that. He says, does the PGA Tour have a pace of play problem? And if they do, what is the solution? We've had a pace of play problem since I've been out here. I mean, it's, it's been out here, you know, for a long time. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't think we should ever take more than five hours to play you know, on Thursday and Friday, unless conditions or the course are, is, you know, one of the more challenging courses out there. Um, you know, in my years out here, I think what I've seen is that guys just aren't ready to play when it's their turn. Simple as that. I mean, people will talk about having using range finders. I'm like, that's not the cause of it. Caddies do a really good job of getting yardage, you know, walking it off as they're walking to the ball. You know, it's never the caddy's fault. Um, majority of times or Every time it seems like the player just not ready to play. S situations like being on a part three in the first hit and 
you know, the green hasn't cleared yet and then finally clears and then they just now start talking to the caddy about the yardage and the win and the club and everything. I think what you see between Sam and I is majority of the time we have a club out um, waiting to go when it's our turn. You know, we're ready to play when, when it's our turn. We're ready to play when the green is wait, waiting for the green to clear. So what's the solution? I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we've increased fines. You know, we haven't fined anyone or penalized anyone to shot. We haven't um, taken away any FedEx Cup points. You know, listen, it's 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 frustrating because um, I think we Sam and I are both quick players, and throughout the years when, you know, you're playing and you sort of want to get in a rhythm and a flow of, of your game, and, you know, you have to wait. You have to wait 20 minutes to, to hit a shot or 15 minutes. I mean, it was similar this year at um, – Players championship second round. I came out. I buried the first hole. You know, yes, it's only the first hole, but it was a nice little rhythm. And you go to number two, and the group of Roy McIlroy was in front of us waiting to tee off. And you know, we had to wait 25 minutes to, to hit our tee shots. And it was just a slow round of golf. And it's tough to get in a really good rhythm, um, especially for me right now because I'm sort of working on something that when I do find that little rhythm, I want that little rhythm and that swing to keep going. And then when you got to wait, you sort of get you out of your rhythm and your sort of feels that you have. So, yeah, I don't know what the solution is. Um, you know, I, it surely is not going to be solved in my, you know, time on the PJ Tour. Um, so, you know, we're just still going to have to deal with it. And I think, you know, just trying to walk. I've tried to walk slower to my ball and, and just do a few other things to, you know, not uh, to give myself a little bit, you know, try to play within a rhythm. You know, not rush to the ball and, and, and be prepared as quickly because it really doesn't make a difference, which sounds bad because it does. We should be playing quickly and I should be playing within the rhythm and the pace that I like to play with. But it's tough when you see other guys take a lot longer. I played with a guy last week that took, you know, you know, I would say some excessive time on, on shots that when he was his second or third to play. And I just I just don't understand that sometimes. All right. So. That was Billy Horschel talking on the, on the subject, and and, and I, want, I wanted to play you that sound because I thought it was in such a stark contrast to what we had just listened to, where when you have a player, even a player that's admittedly slow, by their own admission slow, uh, and they go, yeah, no, we were never out of place, but here you have a player that likes to keep the pace and says, no, I'm forced to play to that player's pace now. Right? Because when you have a player, they'll always talk about, well, you know, this is the amount of time that it takes me to do what I need to do for the money and the circumstance, et cetera. And obviously they're, they're looking for people to go, oh, okay, I understand. But here you have another player on the other side going, well, what about everybody else in the field that's now forced to play at that player's pace? Is that fair to everybody else? Not to mention, as I said, the eye test that it, that it impacts in terms of what you guys think as well. Uh, welcome Zero Friction, a new partner to the Fairways of Life Show. ZeroFriction.com is a website. Check out the Wheel Pro Push Cart, a three-in-one golf bag, stand bag, cart bag, and push bag. The Stride Golf Bag, an automated cart that follows you around. The incredible selection of golf clubs, balls, and tees. Just head over to Zero Friction at ZeroFriction.com. So, uh, as you guys know, this week, Liv is in Australia, and... Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, they were all asked about their, their reflections on the Masters that was. And 
asked after interactions at the Masters, do you feel that there was a bit of a thaw between the tours after a lot of hostility? I, I think that that conversation may be more of a potentially a thaw between the players after a lot of hostility. And then Brooks was asked specifically if he's had yet a chance to kind of process everything that happened at the Masters. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely right. You just kind of take some time and digest it all and um, did a good job of that uh, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and um, just kind of relax and try to think about why why it happened, why I played bad on Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, whatever it was. And um, just I'm always pretty honest with myself and, and what goes on and what I was thinking, what I was doing. And um, so it was nice to get to the bottom of it. I mean, look, you tell anybody you're going to finish second in a major, um, and especially where I was, you know, six months ago, a year ago, I'm not sure there, so I would have taken that. Um, so it's tough to really argue with it, but then reality of expectations and all that stuff gets thrown in there. So, But it was a good, solid week, um, and I, I can't really complain, give myself a chance to win, and that's that's all you can ask for every time you tee it up. Yeah, I think that was, I think it was the best thing for the fans to see uh, what happened at the Masters, right? We've we kind of experienced it all behind closed doors, and uh, I know when I'm home, I can't speak for Bryson, but like when me and DJ are home, you see Rory there um, at Grove, probably JT, JT, JT Keegan, there, so. Matt Fitzpatrick. So, and I mean, Patrick Cantley lives on the same street. Fowler does as well. Um, I mean, I could run into 15 tour guys if I wanted to in the in in a day, um, and nobody's really had any negative feedback, any negative thing to say, and, I mean, that would be the time to say it. Um, but I think it was good just for the fans to see that we are – we still communicate, we still play together, we still practice together, do everything. It's the exact same. We're still the same people. Yeah, I mean, I'm same. You know, obviously, we where we live, you know, I think half the golf world lives in South Florida. So, um you know, it's you see all the guys all the time. I mean, it was nice, you know, at Augusta to see, see a few of the guys that, you know, don't see, you know, in Jupiter or, or out here on live. Um, you know, a couple of buddies that I got to see and, you know, hang out with. Uh, but, yeah, the fans were great. Heard a lot of go aces. And, um, you know, I, I think they were they were really good, you know, at Augusta. Obviously, that's, that is one place, though, where fans are always very respectful. They, they don't really have a choice either. But... Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it, it is the Masters, and I think everyone just respects Augusta and the Masters. So it's more about the golf than what tour you play on. Yeah. And I think that's how it should be all the time. Yeah, I'd second that. I mean, at the Masters, it was awesome. Everybody that I had previously had relationships with, and nothing changed uh, from my perspective. And, like, I play out of Dallas National, and I see Spieth every once in a while, and I don't have any – we don't have any issues. There's no problems. Will Zalatoris, same thing. There's – no issues, and I think that uh, a lot of it's a lot of it's the media. Sometimes, not necessarily you guys. Australia has been fantastic, um, but sometimes it's, that's just what it is. And um, I, I understand. It. I think we all all do. But at a certain point in time, we're still golfers. We still play great golf. And as you can see in the Masters, you had three of the four uh, of the top uh, live players. Okay, interesting perspectives from from those players. Uh, Brooks, DJ, Bryson were also asked about the week you probably saw as recently as yesterday there were there were multiple articles that were circulating it's been over a couple of days where greg norman has suggested that there's a line of 
other players that want to join Live. And they were asked, do you think that Tour still needs more depth to be viable in the future? And then this question, which starts with Brooks Kepka's answer, was asked, what will your walk-up song be for the party hall this week? Yeah, I think uh, Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill, I think is what I went with. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see the whole. Listen, I, I love, I've always loved playing Phoenix. I always thought having a, like an amphitheater type crowd around a hole has always been pretty special. And I've, I guess I've had some success at Phoenix too. So um, who knows, maybe this week. But I, I just love it, man. I love when the fans get a little rowdy. Um, they're, they're screaming. They're booing you when you hit hit a bad shot and, and cheering you on when you hit a good one. I think that's it's going to make this whole exciting. Uh, I think it'll definitely bring a dim, different atmosphere as well, uh, which would be cool. And like like DJ said, it'd be most fans we've had yet thus far. So I'm excited. Great. Yeah, number twelve. I think that's a great setup. Um, you know, it looks it looks great out there. I've played it a couple times now, but obviously no fans out there yet. So, but you can see how much fun it's going to be. I think the fans will enjoy it. The players are going to enjoy it. Um, my walkout song. I'm not kind of fluttering back and forth between a couple, but I'll find one here shortly. You want some feedback? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a walkout song yet, but I'm thinking about something. And then the 12th hole, I haven't seen it either, but I've seen pictures of it. It looks pretty sweet, and I love amphitheaters. I mean, Sawgrass is a great example as well. When we played there, it's been uh, definitely interesting. Um, it, it's it's a, <laughs> can be difficult sometimes, but you got to focus in and Focus on hitting a good shot, and it's all that matters. And it's fun uh, when when the crowd's booing you and cheering you on. I like it. I don't know if there's any other play. Like I don't know. I haven't spoken to anybody that's that on that level to be like, hey, are you are you coming over to play? I just it's not my style. It's not usually how I approach anybody. But um, look, I'm sure there's a bunch of guys who are still looking to come over. Um, whether that be college players, younger players, uh, to guys. That have played play on the PGA Tour or um, DP Tour, like I'm, I'm sure there are people that are looking to join. But yeah, I mean, you can always add depth to anything. Um, you know, the stronger we get, the better we are. The better players we have playing, the obviously the stronger Live gets, and you know, and it's better for the game. But um, you know, as far as you know, I haven't talked to Greg this week, so I, I don't know. I can't really comment too much on what he was saying. I didn't hear see what he said either. Yeah, I can't comment. I'm I'm in a lawsuit, so I'm not about to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But. <laughs> hmm, that was interesting. So uh, the players are reacting to Greg Norman's comments about players waiting to join Live. I, I mean, for my part, I have heard those same rumors. You know, inside inside the game that there are that there was a number of players that that would jump at the chance if they were given the chance but on the other side of things there's also rumors that live is not throwing around money the way they were uh, which is which is interesting because from that standpoint you'd have to ask the question of why what's changed or is there for some reason a, a higher sensitivity to a return on the investment just interesting stuff. Now, from from what I'm hearing, for live down in Australia and to bring in the stature and stars of the game that they have, not to mention their own Cam Smith in the mix, that it's it's being very well received down there. 
Well, they, I, I saw some some pictures online uh, releasing some of the stuff they were selling in the apparel shops there. And listen, oh. I don't know nothing from nothing, but that's a that's a pretty sweet shirt. I'd wear that shirt. Look at that little outline of Cam Smith like that. I absolutely love that. So, but it feels very much like live golf, right? It's like you have that, you hit a home run, and then you you swing and you miss, and then. <laughs> And you strike out bad with Birdie Smuggler's underwear. No, thank you. <laughs> Look at that. I, I think it has something to do with, I think in Australia they have, uh, I forget what they're called, but the smugglers I think is what they call sort of like the tidy whitey like bathing suits, which I think might be commonplace down there. But speedo, still, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, you're talking about a speedo, right? Swing and a miss, fellas. Swing and a miss. <laughs> You know, you but made, that you're, you're saying that, but we don't know how shirt. it's selling. That's a cool shirt. The shirt was cool. Yeah, we know how it's selling. Come on. I mean, if I if I went in, like, if I went in, like, think about it this way. If I bring my seven-year-old in there, right, and I, we walk by that shirt, my kid's going to be like, well, that's cool. Can I, Dad, can I have that? And then my wife's next to me on my arm, and she sees those, those, those <laughs> tidy whities and I go, honey, I... We should. I should get that. that should, should I wear that for our next uh, our next beach trip? She's like a big slap across my face. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see Rebecca being in on that. No, no, that would be a that would be a hard no on that one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Dom, it it would look classic if you grew the mullet. I I can't I can't I can't grow a mullet. I can't even grow regular hair. Look at this. No, no, I get that, but I, the mullet's the back. I I mean, I believe a mullet is a little bit of hair here, right? Short hair, long hair. Not no hair, yeah. long hair. I don't know what that's called. Yeah, it's business in front, <laughs> party in the back. And, you, I mean, you'd, you'd be like business, business in front. Like, I Listen, we are going off the rails here. But, Andrew, do me a favor. Go to the Billy Horschel Sam Burns press conference. Take the sound off. Wait for when, when Sam Burns turns his head. Everyone's mi- you guys missed this. I caught it. Sam Burns. Oh, that was it, Andrew. When he's turned sideways. Pause it. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, Sam Burns is going out of control there. That's getting hardcore. I need to see that with his hat off. Look at look at that party in the back. What do you say, Matt? Look at that. And you can see up in the front there. That looks like it's shaved pretty tight. I don't know, man. I think Sam Burns might be joining that party. That's oh. Ho, ho, ho. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? I think you it's classic it? that you're. That, I think it's classic that you're so into it. I also thought it was interesting. It's happening. Billy Horschel said that he played with a player last week that was really slow. Now, oh, he if memory serves that, yeah. me, he missed up. the he missed the cut last week, right? So who did he, he play he did with? Miss the cut. Name names. He missed the cut. He missed. The <laughs> I'll name names. He missed the cut, which means he only played two rounds, and those two rounds were with the same two people. And those two people were Tom Kim and Russell Henley. I don't know nothing from nothing, but I don't think Tom Kim is a slow player. So, so there you go. <laughs> very, very interesting. Billy stuff. Horschel straight up said that, too. Like, he has to know oh, yeah. that we can look that up, right? He has to know. Like, oh, I played with someone last week. No, I'm not going to name names. It's like, dude, you only played with two people last week. <laughs> yeah. 
Dwiz is Golf's latest wearable tech. It's Golf's first swing monitor and swing modifier all in one. It's like a launch monitor, but Dwiz is for your swing attraction. Swing in real time delivers groundbreaking layers of data, helping you understand the cause of your swing issues. And its swing modify features are based on neuroscience, gives you immediate feedback through a slight electric pulse, alerting you to precisely where you need to fix your swing. And as a seamless wearable tech, it can be used anywhere or with any club in your office or backyard or even without a club on the practice range or a simulator on the course. Go to DeWizGolf.com to learn more. When we come back, more of the Fairways of Life show. We've got a major championship underway today. Stay with us. I guess hello world, huh? <laughs> and with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boynegolf.com. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one. Gives you feedback in real time. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. You can go out there on your own and just hit balls and it'll fix your golf game. Transition on plane. The Wiz. Sold exclusively at thewizgolf.com. Easy now. Find your happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes! <laughs> Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration-absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Zero Friction introduces the Wheel Pro Push Cart Golf Bag with its revolutionary three-in-one design, supportive legs that spring into action, a comfort grip handle with three locking positions, accessories for the modern golfer enhanced by seven pockets for more storage, and removable all-terrain wheels which slide right into place. The new Zero Friction Wheel Pro Golf Bag checks every box for every golfer. Push, carry, or cart, the decision is yours. Thanks to Zero Friction. Head to ZeroFriction.com today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life Show. Pleasure to have your company, folks. I'm going to 
have Dom give us an update on the leaderboard at the Chevron Championship in a second. But first, I want you to hear from a couple of players. Lexi Thompson showed up with her wrist all taped up. She was asked about that. She was asked about driving a Bentley this week. And, and she was asked if she's tested the limits of it yet. We'll see what she says to that. How aggressive she plans to be on this new venue for this event. The state of her game entering. Keep bear in mind since 2015, I saw Justin Ray's stat out there that she's had more second place finishes than anybody else. The state of her game thus was the question that was asked accordingly. What are some of your favorite moments from the champion's dinner uh, that was held earlier this week? And what are your impressions so far been of this course? It's definitely a major feel um, for this golf course. It's playing long, and it'll get windy. It's Texas, so it'll get windy out there and play play difficult. So, and that's how a major should be. Um, you know, yes, of course, I'm missing Palm Springs, but this is a very special place as well. So, I think we're all looking forward to this week. Well, it's such an honor just to be surrounded by those women and high up individuals that night. Such a special. Uh, dinner and I got to sit at the table with Julie Inkster and Pat Hurst and they're always a riot together so we had so many laughs and just good memories and just to be surrounded by people that have accomplished so much on the golf course but also that have really just impacted the game off the golf course as well and have given back so it was an honor for me to be there um, that night and so many traditions to go into this event so I'm happy to be part of that one. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I've been working extremely hard on my game. Um, I've only played twice so far this year, so I've just been putting in the hours on and off the golf course with training and practicing my ball striking, putting, chipping, everything. So it hasn't been a lack of practice, that's for sure, but I'm really looking forward to coming into this week, hopefully play some strong golf and have that, have that work show. Well, it's not really a golf course off the tee, especially you can't really lay back because there's a bunch of par fours that are over 400 yards. So you don't want to lay back and have too long of a shot, especially going into these greens because the greens are some of the greens are pretty narrow and there's some hills that you can um, really interfere with your second shots going into the greens and they'll be difficult to stop. So you want to get as close of a shot as possible coming into them. So. You know, I wouldn't say it's playing aggressively, but you're hitting drivers. Um, but coming into the greens, you know, if a, if a pin's tucked, sometimes you just out here, if you have a mid-iron and you don't think you can stop it, you play to the bigger section of the greens. So you just give yourself a 20-25 footer instead of firing at a pin and short-siding yourself. So it's definitely a little bit more of a thought process going into some of the greens. But again, that's how a major championship should be. I just got it yesterday. I haven't floored it too much yet, uh, <laughs> but it's it's an amazing card. So luxurious and uh, very fast. So which, which one did you get? Um, I got the sports car one. I didn't get an SUV. I, I don't know the the type, but it's fast. That's all I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been I've been hitting so many golf balls at home, and I've kind of. I'm not going to say injured, but it, it's hurting a little bit. Um, but I've gotten it worked on the last few days and um, getting it taped up. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I just overworked it. It's nothing crazy severe, but it's there. But we'll see. All right, I'll give you an update on that leaderboard just a second. Uh, PSG's new Gen 6 golf clubs are the most advanced, best-performing clubs that they've ever made, packed with innovations, cannon-like performance, laser-like accuracies, incredible sound and feel. Uh, available in models to suit and fit your particular game, including the X2 core technology within. Visit pxg.com or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Uh, Dom, what do we got in the leaderboard? Uh, it's obviously just a, just just underway here. Most of the players are through two, three holes. 
There's a big pile of players tied at one under par, including Lizette Salas, who is through two, Al Ewing through one, uh, Mina Haragai is even through two. I'm just cruising real quick. Georgia Hall even through one, Megan Kang even through one, Madeline Sagstrom even through one. It's playing tough right out of the gate, guys. Lindsey Weaver is two over through four, Danielle Kang is one over through one, Jenny Shin one over through two, Jody Ewert Shadoff one over through two, you let me know, one over through three. So kind of hard and rough rough going right out of the gates there but we'll see how it unfolds early all on. right so stacy lewis of course who has won this major championship uh, distinctively her mom was wondering like broke her leg when she jumped in the, the the poppy's pond she was asked if the winner this week i love i love how how the media is searching to they, they you're you're looking for a story right what can you drum up she was asked this question if the winner this week chooses not to jump in the pond do you think that will be the end of the tradition? Pretty pretty dramatic. Uh, she was asked about what influence uh, did she have on some of the traditions taking place this week, and how does it feel to be playing in a major while staying at her parents' house? Yeah, it's, it's a little strange staying at my parents' house and coming and playing a golf tournament. You know, it's something that definitely growing up here I never thought would ever happen um, to bring a championship like this to the Woodlands. Um, but... But it's been awesome. You know, there's so many people just walking around, so many people that I know and um, not over. I mean, I've played the golf course a handful of times, but um, I wouldn't say I know it by heart or anything. But um, but yeah, just to be in a familiar place, you can drive your own car. You can I know my way around the woodlands. I don't need a map or anything like that. So. um, So, yeah, this is really special. And obviously the woodlands is very special to me. It's why, you know, I seem to have a lot of hometowns as we travel around with the tour, but that, you know, I've always want to be announced from the Woodlands because it was where I grew up. Um, it's where I learned this game, learned the game of golf, and um, it feels like the most home place to me. Yeah, so I, I got on a committee to help with this, the move. Chevron put together a player advisory group um, just with, they wanted to know what was important to us to make the championship special. And what you know what there's obviously a lot of traditions with this event and what was the traditions that were most important to us and they asked current players they asked retired players they asked everybody um and to me dino was as is and was is the most important thing um you know you can take the leap in poppy's pond and all that kind of stuff but to me um i mean there's a reason dina's the only non-playing person in our lpj hall of fame you know there's a reason for that and so um, and Chevron crushed it. I mean, you see it with the trophy. Dinah's placed on 18. I mean, everything is about Dinah this week. And that's, and that's what, you know, that's what we tried to, you know, tell them over and over again is what was important. And, but yeah, I mean, very involved in the move. Um, been in Glen's ear at Chevron a, a bunch and just with different ideas and how we can make, make this move successful. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, if somebody gets the urge, I'd love to see them do it. Um, but again, that wasn't the tradition that to me, it's not the most important tradition. Um, you know, I think if it stays at Mission Hills, it stays at Mission Hills. I think that's okay. Um, but if somebody gets the urge to do it, I'd love to see them do it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, does it go away completely? Who knows? I mean, somebody could win next year and decide they want to bring it back and do it. So um, just needs to be like we talked about on our player advisory calls. It needs to be natural. It needs to be kind of spur of the moment and not a forced thing. And um, so hopefully it stays that way. 
Okay, United States Solheim Cup captain Stacey Lewis talking about the pond. Dom, I wish you had put out a survey yesterday and said, if you he won the pie. Chevron championship, would you jump into the pond? Now, I don't know what you're worried about. It's got alligator netting. Come on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they took the leeches out. <laughs> they dredged them. I mean, I'll tell you this. If I walked by, if I was on a walk with my kids and that, that picture that you're looking at there, we walked by that, and, like, my daughter reached down to play with the water, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Don't touch that. You'll get sick. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally say that. What are you hearing from the Don't from stick the your people. hand in there, sweetie. Yeah. Could be snakes. Uh, from the people. All right. Uh, today's question, shocking. Will Tiger Woods hit another shot on the PGA Tour? Final results? Yes, he will. 63% of you believe he'll play again. Great. I hope that's true. Uh, let's see. Paul C. No, you don't. You already said. Love the show. What? What? You are, no, you don't feel that way, Dom. You, you are, you're on record as saying, Tiger's done. Get him out of here. He should be banned. No, that's no, no, no. Outrageous. I did not say that. I said that he should move on. He should say, listen, I did it. I, I, I was the best for whatever, two decades. I'm out of here. Peace. He should do that. He will not, but he should. Paul C. writes, love the show. I'm signing off to work, so I guess he's not even here anymore. Just a thought. LPGA Major starts today. That's true. I left this show today with a sense of negativity from the show. There's a lot of good positive (laughs) stories out there. Not being mean, love the show. What the hell, Paul? First of all, he's not even here. He left to go to work. Hey, yo, yo, don't start getting all negative on him when he told you you're being negative, Dom. Yeah, but but he must have left before we we just played from Stacey Lewis and... Lexi Thompson, I just gave a leaderboard. Does it, what the hell, there a timestamp on that thing? What, what time did he send the letter? Nah, there's no timestamp. Yes, there Not is. Not being You're... mean, love the show, he says. Whatever. Paul says, a different Paul, Paul, Paul Cross says, Zach Johnson will be an American hero later this year in Rome. I hope that's true. Daryl, Aussie here, he says. He must be oh. watching us in Australia. It's got to be like midnight in Australia. Oh, it's crazy, mate. Liv is in the news 24-7. That's interesting. Budgie Smuggler's Mate. He's talking about those, those underwears. Andrew, put that up. Yeah, something about that. Budgie Smuggler's Mate, he says. And then he said, I ordered that shirt today. He must be talking about the Cam Smith shirt. Put the Cam Smith shirt up there. He must have ordered that. Now, I got to say, that's a kick-ass shirt. Look at that shirt. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, the Golf Podcast writes, I love that live shirt. I am scarred by, by thinking Dom would wear those speedos. <laughs> you're, you're scarred. I'm me. I'm really scarred. <laughs> what now? What I want to know is, you got to look up. Love that PXG impression, Matt. They write when you're doing oh. the. Uh, Nobody makes golf. Doing now, the. Here's, um, here's my question. Yeah. He called them budgie smugglers. Budgie smugglers. Yeah. All right. What's I think a budgie that's what called in Australia? Look up. Look up with the words. It's, that a, spe- he wrote. it's a speedo. It's another. It's that's their terminology for a, you know a speedo. Oh, don't like talk like you're an expert on what what all the Australia. Oh, that's their that's their phrase for a speedo. You know this well, definitively. As opposed to what? I think budgie yes, I is is a slang for male anatomy. All right, let me look that up. That's why I'm asking. Budgie. How do you spell it, by the way? Uh, no. B-U-D-G-I-E. B-U-D-G-I-E. It's a short slang for a bird, so that's not right. Hold on. There's a bird called a budger, 
budget drawer. I didn't do this. You did this. All right. Is 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 a budgie a native to Australia? It's a colorful parrot native to Australia. See, this is not right. This can't be right. No, I think it is. But it probably is it says. right. It's a parrot. Yeah. So is it the it's the parrot pants? What are you talking? No, they're talking about <laughs> you know, kind of the impression when you when you're wearing the the budgie smuggler. You know. <laughs> it's a parrot. What's a budgie? It's a parrot. <laughs> you know. Okay. Listen. The point is, I would never wear those or buy those. Just swing and a miss by Liv at the, at the store there. You but don't know that, Dom. are on fire. You do not They're know on that. fire. Buy them. Yeah, I know. I know. Ask your buddy from Australia. How are the budgie smugglers selling? All right. Someone guy just wrote in, Manesh, a very overweight man in very brief swimming trunks hanging out at your holiday hotel pool. His trunks appear to have a budgie or a small bird concealed down in the front of them. Thank you. <laughs> Was he also from Australia? I take oh, it. This is not Checking what the show is supposed to be out. This is a golf. This is a golf show, folks. Talking about pace of play. Talking about Tiger Woods surgery. Dude, you took us down. We're this not road. talking about parrots in pants. <laughs> right. Isn't isn't one of the parrots called a cockatoo? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not a bird watcher. I don't know anything about any of this. Yeah, sidestep right? that one, Dom. All I can tell you, can. you is I like right, that shirt. Airtimes of how, when, and where thing. you can get your coverage. Uh, the PGA Tour Zurich Classic of New Orleans starts today at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Golf Channel. Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Saturday and Sunday it's split between Golf Channel and NBC, 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. respectively. PGA Tour Live, which can be found exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. I'm pretty sure Dom just made a parrot sound in my headset. Did you hear that, Andrew? I thought I heard like... Rah! You know, down here where I am in the Carolinas, Bojangles is a huge thing. It's like a chicken Popeye's KFC type place. Yes. And all they do is run radio commercials nonstop. And the radio commercials start with a human person making a chicken noise. Not a chicken. What's it It literally like? says... Come to Bojangles. It's bow time. Some guy says that. It is really, really annoying. <laughs> um, Andrew, I want you to clip that part. He's, he's already on it. All right, so PGA Tour Live, exclusively on ESPN+. Plus, Four different feeds. Uh, today, it started at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow, it will start at 9.15 a.m. Saturday at 8.45, Sunday at 10.30 a.m. PGA Tour Radio. Today and tomorrow, and all these times are Eastern, obviously, uh, at noontime, Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., PGA Tour Radio can be heard on the PGA Tour app, pgatour.com, both for free and work around the world, or if you subscribe National Satellite Service, Sirius XM. The Chevron Championship uh, will be on air today on Golf Channel from 11 a.m., until 3 p.m., and then it comes back on the air at 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. Obviously, it's wedging in between uh, the other coverage. Uh, Friday, same start times, 11 a.m. to 3, 6 p.m. to 8. Saturday, from 3 to 4 in Golf Channel, and then at 4 o'clock, kicks over to NBC. Same on Sunday, 3 to 4 in Golf Channel, and at 4 p.m., kicks over to NBC. Live Golf. Now, Dom, here's what I'm confused about. Live Golf. 
live. They're 13 hours ahead, so they would be on in the overnight hours tonight. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, they're at 1 p.m. the CW. No, no, on Saturday. Is 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 the whole thing tape delayed? Everything. Uh, the television coverage on the CW in the United States is tape delayed. Yes, got it. But if you want to watch live, you can watch live. They have like a international app, like the Live Golf Plus app or something like that. And they also have the CW app, which you can see there on your screen, which I believe will also be carrying the programming live. But Friday at noon in Australia is. 1 a.m. Saturday here, I believe. No, it's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. tonight is what I'm saying. Right? I don't think so. They're 13 hours ahead. So. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I did the math wrong. Correct. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Budgie smugglers. Yep. Cockatoo. All right, so you get to see it in the overnight hours, apparently, on this. What'd you call the Live app? What was the international app called? I think it's called Live Golf Plus. Like, if you go into your, your phone, you type in Live Golf Plus, like, the app will populate, and you can download it. Okay, or you can I have see it on Saturday on that and Sunday. Before, just to see it for five minutes. It works right, fine. It's, it's Saturday. good. All right, Saturday and Sunday, they have their window on the CW is from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time for the coverage. All right, folks, hope you guys have a great one. Thank you so much for your company as ever fun show as ever. We appreciate you guys being engaged. Don't forget about our national television broadcast uh, that will be premiering around the country this week on Saturday. I mean, it always premieres on Saturdays around the country. Uh, and I believe like, for example, I'm starting to get to know some of the airtimes because it varies by all the affiliates we have from coast to coast. Like, for example, New England Sports Network, it's on at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. On MSG, it's on at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. So there's lots of different ways you can see it. Check your local listings. You guys know our affiliates, Bally Sports, NBC Sports, as I mentioned, Nesson, um, MSG, AT&T Sportsnet, Root Sports, on, on, on. So check your local listings if you want to see our national show. You can always get more information by logging on to fairwaysoflife.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Have a great one. Bye for now.